And so I was working with entrepreneurs and small businesses. Um, I was dating my, my now husband, who um, is very entrepreneurial. And it's, it's just so nice to be around these passionate people. And it was inspiring. And I was like, I have this business degree and I, I teach business plan writing and I'm telling people a lot of things, but what do I actually know? Like, maybe I should put my money where my mouth is. And um, there was that desire to, for the autonomy and um, just to see, like, why the heck not? Like, life is short. Like, let's, let's try it. Um, and I wanted to go out and um, do something and own my own business and that sort of thing. And so I left Van City on good terms and did that. What I wanted to backpedal with was like, I didn't actually know Luna Float. It wasn't which I, I just, I wanted to own a business. I wanted to um, try to create something, but I wasn't sure what. And then a good friend of mine was like, well, what about float therapy? Like you're very passionate about that. Maybe tie that in. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. Like that's a, that's a great idea. And, um, while I liked Van City, there was also I mean, customer service. Like I, I was saying, you um, you see people in different parts of their life, and for me, I think maybe I didn't like I was taking a lot of that on. A lot of people's like stress and emotions, and if they were stressed out about money, like, I was stressed for them, and I was just so a little part of that um, was being taken on. Um, I had stuff going on in my personal life. And that wasn't really good, like that sort of thing. And um, I didn't really have the tools to process stress. Like you just kind of get over it. You just push through. Um, and I didn't, I thought stress was just like, oh, you're stressed out because you're studying for a test. Like I didn't understand the biological and psychological elements of that, that like it increases your cortisol. And, and you know, I'm young, but we still didn't really talk about mental health back back in school and, and, you know, in, in my family really like that. And so I didn't know the signs of burnout, um, and, and that sort of thing until it manifested physically. So I was playing roller derby. I also started a roller derby league back, back in the day and it was awesome. And I've always been pretty athletic. I like playing soccer and, and different sports and roller derby. I wasn't good at it first cause I didn't really know how to skate, but I learned and it became you know, one of my, my passions, I had to stop just because it was too much um, involvement. Like it was also a not-for-profit association and I was on the board of that. Um, and let's, let's face it, it was lots of bumps and bruises. I had some injuries. I was like, okay, I want my body to work still. So I had to say goodbye to that. But um, that was like kind of a way to de-stress, I thought, right? Like you know, your, your adrenaline's pumping, you're kind of like, you're, you're in the zone, so you're forgetting everything. Um, but it wasn't, you know, calming, it wasn't resting, it wasn't restorative. Um, I also did kickboxing. So again, you can see the theme here, I was like punching my stress away. And, um, and it didn't, like, it helped avoid some of my problems, but it didn't um, really help me address them. Um, so, I, I'm trying to think of, it does seem so like a distant memory now, which is kind of nice, but I was young, like mid twenties. And, um, I just felt sick and like, I didn't know what, and I had been prone to like pneumonia, bronchitis back when I was younger. And I remember coming in and I was having heart like palpitations and, um, I had those issues as a kid before, but it was never really diagnosed. Like I was on those ECGs and, um, and I knew I, I like I must have pneumonia too. Like I just feel like crap. And I went to my doctor. It's not my doctor anymore, because he basically he always had his hand like over the pad of like prescription paper. And back then he was like, okay, we can 
talk about either your lungs or your heart, but we can't do both. Like you can't bring two problems at me at the same time, right? And I'm like, I don't know, like maybe they're related. So I was like, okay, let's just deal with my pneumonia. We'll deal with all the other stuff later. So he's like, yeah, yeah, here's your prescription for your, your antibiotics and stuff, which obviously I needed. And I started feeling better. And then I finally had enough energy to go back. And I was like, okay, what about this heart thing? Like I'm a healthy young woman, I'm playing sports and like, I can be playing roller derby, which is quite, um, you need a lot of energy and like strength. But then all of a sudden I'll just be like gas bringing up the laundry up the stairs and like sweating almost and just like, and um, he did some tests and he basically, um, my heart was racing too high and pounding out of my chest. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel very good and makes me feel like really nervous. And so he's like, well, we'll put you on medication to lower your, your heart rate. And I was like, that seems kind of weird. And I'm like, but also it pauses and then goes low. And he's like, all right, we'll put a pacemaker in you. And I was like, really? That, well, uh, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. That's a very invasive uh, procedure. And you need to upgrade that, like equipment, like and I think every 10 years or something. Things, right? Yeah, like and I was like 24, 25. And I was like, I think I'm going to have to think about that, right? So I actually went to another doctor, and um, she, I can't remember what came first, because I ended up having rubella, pneumonia. So rubella is German measles. I had shingles, which, like, normally is in, like, older people. Um, and, yeah, that actually, the shingles incident, I have to say, like, I was at Van City working. And all of a sudden, half of my body started getting numb. And I had like this like itch on my back in between my shoulder blades. And I didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, like half my, it's like coming up. And I'm like trying to like finish my work. And like all of a sudden it gets to my face. And I'm like, I think I better go to the emergency. I actually went to my chiropractor and he's like, I'm not touching you. He's like, I think it, like you could be having not a stroke, but it was something like serious. So I went to the doc, I went to emergency and they hooked me up right away. And of course, they're like, oh, you have a regular heartbeat. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's allegedly benign, but, like, um, what's wrong? They, they even really knew. They, they basically sent me. They said I wasn't having a stroke, which was good. Um, so then I went back to my doctor. And she, again, she's, she was amazing. She's like, do you have a rash? I'm like, I don't think so. I'm like, oh, I have like, this itch on my back. Sure enough, that was shingles. And shingles affects your nervous system. And that's why, like, our nerve networks are very... Um, like they mirrored image, right? So that's why it was like a perfect line down my body and it was just affecting the side. So I shingles, I went on medication for that. But um, she basically diagnosed me with um, a general anxiety disorder, pepper and some CPTSD and stuff like that. I had been going through counseling, which I am a huge supporter of. I think people should, should definitely seek counseling. Um, and, but finally it was just like, it just manifested physically. Like my brain had been telling me to slow down and that I needed to do these things, but I didn't stop and listen until it physically was tangible. Like I could show someone, oh, see, I am, this is like how I have been feeling inside, like mentally, but like it took for it to like manifest into physical symptoms that I could almost like prove to people. What was that like? Because Rebecca had basically the same thing with her stomach problems and her back problems mm -hmm. was trying to cope 
and people kind of just expect you to turn that off at a certain mm -hmm. point in time. Like you're having dinner and nobody wants to be hearing about your health problems when you're in the middle of dinner mm -hmm. and yet you're in agonizing discomfort or feeling something. Yeah. And it seems like we as a society seem to struggle with giving that space to people to be like, hey, it's just dinner. Let's have what's going on. Let's yeah. hear what's going on. Yeah. Like that's way more important than talking mm -hmm. about what my week was last week. So what was yeah. that like to have this constant feeling of not being comfortable in your body and feeling like your body and you were not on the same page and not being able to share that with people in an easy way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, like it was more like getting poked and prodded with like all of these different tests. Um, and yeah, people just kind of looking at you like, well, you're young, like it's probably not that bad. And like really, the term gaslight gets thrown around a lot, but it was definitely like something that kind of happened but I feel like more myself like I'm like I gaslit myself because you just question yourself like is it really as bad as I think it is like because you kind of like see how other people react to it and you're like well they don't seem like it's a big deal so maybe I'm overreacting um and yeah and I mean still like once it was physical it wasn't a huge wake-up call because then it was like okay well now we'll just fix the physical so now that it's manifested physically we fix the physical and then I'll be fixed right um, but yeah, and so I actually ended up taking about, I think a month, maybe not even a month off of work, first like stress related. Um, and that was like, you know, you hear people who are like, oh, don't let them put you on that medication because that's gonna fix you. Like, I don't know, like, like that's gonna throw you off or like, don't let them medicate you. Like, that was actually some advice people gave me. Yeah. So uh, it was kind of bizarre. Or, um, yeah, just people thinking like you just needed a break like yeah well what's wrong with needing a break too right um but yeah I, I realized that even in this day and age it was still a taboo conversation like what is mental health what is stress anxiety depression like what is that actually oh you just feel depressed or you just just go for a walk yeah 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 so I actually said that like that when I took time off it still was after my health I pushed through I pushed through I pushed through and then finally I think I say my brain broke because I and that's when like the more of the depression and stuff set in um I feel like there's a lot of things at play um I feel like I got to a place where I was safe and to let to break down in a way right and so I had like fought 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 and then it was safe to break down it wasn't pleasant wasn't pretty um, but then you rebuild, right? So then I found floating. So I was like, hey, maybe I should not be doing roller derby and, and kickboxing. Like maybe I should try this like meditation yoga thing out or I don't know, like anything. Just try something different because um, like Western medicines work and I believe like if you need to be on medication, like you definitely should. And I was medicated for a long time and I found something that fit for me. Um, I've since been off of it, but it's something that I'm, you know, even just being a new mom, like um, being aware that it might be something that I need to, it's a resource I can use yeah. if I need to, right? A tool. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was just like so much easier. And like, they're like, cause yeah, your highs are high, your lows are lows. Um, some people are like, oh, it'll make you a zombie. And it's like, okay, maybe I need to be a zombie for a little bit, but it didn't. It, it actually just evened me out and made things a little bit easier to, to get through. Um, but anyway, so I found, I went, uh, my first float was in Gastown in Vancouver. And I was your kind of typical person, I guess, where I was like, I don't know if I can just sit there. Um, you know, I had some demons. I had some stuff that I had kind of avoided. And I was like, I don't want to be thinking about stuff in there. Like my brain's going to be too busy. I had a lot of 
reservations about going in at first, but I was also excited and wanted to try something new. And I went with one of my good friends. And sure enough, as soon as I went in, um, my brain was just like going like just about nothing, just monkey brain, right? You're just like, like thoughts and you just like focus on certain things. And I couldn't really relax. Then you kind of think about the environment. Oh, this is unique. Oh, I'm like in this dark space and like, where's the door again? And you're just thinking about everything and you're avoiding, you're avoiding stuff. Um, I felt like my brain was a messy file folder and like these files were getting pulled and it was like, hey, here's a song, here's a memory. And it was almost, it wasn't relaxing at first. It was kind of like exhausting. But then there was a point in time where it just slowed down then stopped. And I guess this is like kind of flow state or meditation where you're not fully asleep, but you're not fully awake. And all of a sudden time just goes so fast. And I was like, it was just the first time I really felt that calm and like shut off, took a break, like whatever you want to call it. And so when I got out, I was in the shower and I just was like, oh, this is like, I need this again. And I couldn't really explain what it was. Um, but I felt lighter and I felt like work had been done. And then I started thinking like reading up more about it and um, it can lower your cortisol, which is a stress hormone and like just how stress manifests in the body. Um, magnesium. Yeah, yeah, magnesium, exactly. Yeah, it's Epsom salt, like 1,100 pounds of Epsom salt. Um, and yeah, magnesium can affect your heart rate. Um, you sleep. So I mean, it's a vicious cycle when you're stressed and then you're not sleeping good and you need sleep to obviously reset and that's what it feels like a, a reset like they also call it like womb inception like you're it's very like you feel like you're being comforted you're just very safe in there um so I slept amazing that night um and then there's this positive like where you want to keep on moving in this positive healing direction right so yeah I just explored more I found out there was a lot of studies with it um and the effects of PTSD and um anxiety so a lot of people who have PTSD um, are put on like um, Ativan or Lorazepam and it affects your um, like the fight or flight response in your brain, which is constantly heightened. And so again, not, like if you need to be on medication, that's, that's great. But sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes it's not attainable and people self-medicate. And so I found floating as like an alternative or even just like to help um, like subsidize it in a way. Um, so yeah, it, it just like, uh, it was just like that pause when the world feels like it's spinning too fast and you want off. Just pause, hit the pause button, and you kind of peace out for a bit. Um, so I really, really liked it, but then it's kind of a buzzkill after you have to drive all the way back from Vancouver to Chilliwack. It kind of undoes some of the work there. Um, but it definitely was the beginning of me kind of exploring alternative like ways to manage um, stress and anxiety. And so, yeah, fast forward again, back to like when I wanted to start my own business, my friend's like, what about float therapy? And I was like, wow, like this is an opportunity. A, selfish, I could bring floating right into my backyard. Um, but also it's something I want to share because I believe in it and I feel like it could help a lot of people. And the more, like there was a lot of work I did through counseling um, where I used to have a lot of um, barriers up and you're hardened and I feel like we've touched on that it's a good theme to kind of like reoccurs like um, when we're talking about entrepreneurs kind of being hardened you're offering them a service and they're kind of like yeah sure if you want to because I I'm now a softer person I'm very proud of that I've I've uh, it takes more courage to be soft and um, 
sometimes that leads to being gullible and yeah sometimes yeah I get into these things where I'm like oh they want to help me and then it's like oh there it is at the end it's the the pitch or the the catch if you will but you know I'd rather just be me and be optimistic and open-minded and if there's a catch then we've it's not a waste of time versus going back and just being hardened because then you miss opportunities of collaboration right so and so basically um I don't even know where I was going with that, but I guess... Um, what was the starting the business process like for <laughs> you? Because you understand the process of starting a business. You've seen businesses come through Van City time and time again, yes. what they require, um, what information they need to provide to you to get the loan for it. Mm -hmm. What was that process like? So that's definitely like, again, like, why do we like go and do these things and how do they affect our path? Like it, in a way, it all did kind of lead to this, like all of my, my background and experiences, good and bad schooling work life all kind of came to this this realization so it started out more as a passion um whereas like immediately it was like from brain oh i want to start a business into heart oh this is the business i want to start and i want to spread the floating to the world and it just immediately went to heart but went back to brain and i was like okay what do we do we do the business plan so i started writing up the, the business plan and we talked about like um i couldn't really plan for viability right so the, to test viability um you start a business plan and i think the business plan can be a, a dynamic document that helps you throughout your 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 journey but it's also i realized do as i say not as i do because i started writing the business plan and it was hard to find information because we would be the first and only float center in Chilliwack. And the closest one at the time was in Langley. Um, there, there's not a lot, like there's, you know, yeah, there's just not a lot of resources. Although the resources that we had were pretty cool because they were very collaborative. Um, they just want more people floating too. So I found out a lot of people who open float centers are more probably heart driven um, than financially motivated per se. Um, but I did it, so I started the business plan and I started looking for space. I need to find numbers. How much is build out gonna cost? How much is it gonna cost to lease a space? I need tangible numbers. And Chilliwack's a small town, and the more I talked about it, um, the more, I guess, word kind of spread. And to the point where people were like, oh, I heard there's a float center opening. And I was like, what? But then I found out that it was me. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, it sounds kind of corny, but I always say that like, Luna Float, like I think sometimes ideas already exist like the potential of them already exists and they're kind of like floating around in the air and this one like floated down and I just simply got to facilitate the process. So That's beautiful. Thank you. So I live in Garrison um, and I was walking my dog with my partner and again this was as much as a business as it was more of like a rebirth different kind of like thing for me right so I wanted to integrate work-life balance I this is like an opportunity to kind of create something for myself too um so I was like wouldn't it be amazing if I could walk to work right and lo and behold all of a sudden these buildings are coming up like right down on Tama Highway and um coming soon and then the second development was like okay maybe that one like this one's too soon but I think this would be the whistle would fit in our timeline potentially and um that was pretty much yeah as far as like the business side of things go, we needed financing. So, oh, back to the apartment that I had for 10 years that like was 
potentially a crap investment if you look at like a short span. But I held on and I long term and then, you know, it wasn't it was not a success story in terms of, oh, I made so much money. You know, I barely got back what I put into it 10 years ago. Not a great investment. But I learned so much and it built confidence and it educated me. And then when the time came, I was able to utilize that money. So it's kind of like I stashed it away somewhere. And so I used a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, basically the business plan, there's different reasons why you'd write a business plan. In this case, we needed financing. So I was writing it to the audience of lenders, which obviously I know how to speak to lenders because I am one. Um, so I feel like that was a huge asset for me. Um, how long is a business plan? How many pages? How it many depends. Pages? I mean, it could be 20 pages. It can be pretty short. It depends on who your audience is. Um, if you're going for lending, sometimes they have templates. So it's always good to have that, um, investors, but you can even have like a working document for yourself and go back and look at it. But this is where I have to say, like, I'd love to say that I wrote this amazing business plan and I loved it and I was hundred percent happy with it. And that's why we are where we are today. But I mean, I really was just got to the point where heartbeat brain. And I was like, I don't care what the numbers say, this is happening. <laughs> right. So. Um, because it was frustrating to you, finding the numbers, not knowing, but just, and I'm not recommending this by any means, but yeah, it, the numbers became so not part of it anymore. It was more of providing the service to the community was the purpose and just believing and trusting that this made sense and that, um, because it was going to be good for the community that it would work out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Sometimes I think, I mean, that's the beauty about entrepreneurs, right? Sometimes it's just passion and, you know, you have to like rein them in a bit. <laughs> that's why I think they are um, role models is because for the most part, it is this, I see a need. Mm -hmm. The banks might not see a need. The yeah. financial institutions, it might not make logical sense. I see the need. I, yeah. I see the benefit. And I'm going to go with that because yeah. that your story reminds me of Bill's in that, he was like trying to get a loan, trying to get support, trying to get mm -hmm. understanding. And he saw this, nobody's doing local meat. Well, 15 years later, now it's everybody wants local meat. And that's yeah. the most reasonable, logical thing to want. And everybody's on that fad. But mm -hmm. 15 years ago, he was fighting an uphill battle trying to yeah. raise awareness of the benefits that this could bring. And I mean, financial hat on, yes. Obviously, like it's good to have numbers and be able to be confident and present these things. But numbers aren't going to help you sleep at night. Well, I mean, they might, but they're not going to keep you going. Like that's not going to be your why sustainably. Yeah. Your why has to be more of that purpose piece. So I think it's, it's balance ultimately. Um, and I mean, there's things I would have done differently but um, yeah, like we're learning and we've added services since then. Um, and we were only, this October is gonna be four years. So we're still a very new business. We're still growing, we're still learning. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about how you got some of the equipment? Because I think that that also shows how you mm -hmm. set yourself apart, how you were looking for the best, most mm -hmm. cost effective, but also the most local ways to go about doing things. We were, again, timing was, oh, dragonfly. Um, timing was amazing. Uh, I, Van City is all about supporting local. I making like local make sense just for like carbon footprint wise, like when you're shipping stuff. And I also have like a financial background, not necessarily a plumbing and electrical background. And um, I knew that being a float center owner would pull out a lot of different um, skills that I, I would need to learn. Or I always 
would say like if you're not good at it if you don't like it pay someone or bring those people on as team members you can't do everything or else you're going to burn out right so i'm definitely a big advocate of trying to prevent burnout for entrepreneurs as well because you do try to just take it on and do everything so i was like it'd be nice to have someone on the team who was local who could help you know us a little bit more um it was easy i found pro float they were living in agassi and they were manufacturing float cabins in chilliwack like what are the odds right yeah. and so they actually aren't in business anymore they are beautiful passionate people and again it's that balance of passion but also having that financial side of things too right and i feel like that's the you have to it's a balance and if you go too far on one end then sometimes it's not sustainable right you burn out or money runs out or whatever it might be right so it's navigating that balance and that's i'm more saying that out loud to remind myself um, but yeah they chose to close their business after i think about five or six years so we again just lucked out getting in that window we got four of their float tanks they came and installed it um, and we went with them because it was they're the only canadian float tank manufacturers wow. And they were the only ones. I don't think anyone's making them in Canada right now. So opportunity for someone. Um, and they also, I liked the style of them. So float tanks, like we use the term float tanks or float pods or float pools or float cabins. And some are open. I've actually just recently seen someone who converted their pro float cabins into like an open concept, basically just taking the roof off and you're just like floating in a room, like a pool in a room, which is really cool. Something I might look into. Um, then there's pods that kind of look like clamshells. I was in a tank, which they're very like old, like they're like the original, like floating is actually back from like 1950s, a neuroscientist um, invented them. And yeah, it was very like old sci-fi kind of looking thing. And you open a hatch and can't go in. I loved it. I mean, it was great, but there are people who float for so many different reasons. And I felt like they're, I wanted to um, keep as many, I want to make it as accessible to, for the most majority of people, right? So I felt like some of the feedback I had heard was a mobility, right? People are coming in for aches, pains, um, chronic pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, all sorts of things. And like, we want them to be able to get in and out of the tank easily and safely. Um, the other is, well, people having PTSD or even just being claustrophobic or anxious. Um, a bigger more spacious tank is going to be more inviting so that check those boxes as well yeah that's amazing and what has some of the response been uh, before we get to the responses what is what did you try and make the environment because i've been there yeah. and i think that the environment is so important because it's this whole other vibe that you're you're not in it doesn't feel like a business it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like you're trying to sell something like it's not there's not a big sign that says all of your pricing on it there's yeah. it's not stressing that aspect of it it seems mm -hmm. like that part is very laid back and then the environment you've created mm -hmm. i think goes hand in hand with the float tanks yeah thank you and that yeah that was intentional and then it's an environment it's, it doesn't feel like a, a business um so part of yeah research and development was i got to float a lot of different places and actually our contractor had already floated before too and so it was really nice to be partnered with them um again he has this invested interest because he's getting a float center built and he's getting to build it and so we're seeing what we like and what we don't like at other centers um and you know taking what we do and omitting what we don't um it's awesome because floating was getting more popular this is a beautiful but like dragonfly i'm just amazed um, uh they're getting more popular which is great 
Um, so with that is the owner's kind of personality comes through. And so almost like tattoo, I use the tattoo shops as an example. Um, maybe back back in the day, I say, um, they were a little more rough around the edges where, you know, you're thinking like, I wouldn't take my grandma to this tattoo shop. I don't know, right? It's just like, yeah, rough around the edges. Whereas now you can go to a tattoo shop that like all different kinds, like there's just different energies and vibes and you can pick which one is best for you kind of thing, right? Um, so how that relates to floating, I guess, is there's some where it's a very, like their background is in energy work, spiritual, metaphysical even kind of thing. And you go in and it smells like patchouli and, you know, and that's like totally fine. And it's, and that floating for them is like the deep dive into meditation and, um, that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, you just definitely get that hippie vibe. And some people who don't identify with that are just going to be like, oh, this isn't for me. And I wouldn't want that. And like not saying that the other centers like should only do what I do. Like I think like it's because so many center owners, this is an extension of them that it makes sense. And they're kind of, that's who they're attracting. And that's fine. Or maybe I'm completely wrong. Who knows? Um, and then there were um, ones <laughs> that were like kind of clinical. Like I floated in one that felt like I was like Steve Jobs like created this. It was like an Apple product. It was just like white and yeah, it was, yeah, and it was fine. It was just kind of sterile and, and it's not, again, not that it was bad. Um, floated a lot of float houses. What I liked about theirs that we kind of adopted was just the simple concrete, polished concrete floor. Um, yeah, just simple was more the best, the best kind of thing. Growing up in Chilliwack, um, I also feel like there was this, um, this feeling that like, oh, it's a spa, it's a health spa. And like, sure, it's a place that you can rest, treat yourself, self-care, hashtag self-care, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I also saw it as like the, the clinical side of things, um, you know, the therapeutic side of things, but not making it feel therapeutic and clinical. Um, so I just, I knew that there was, again, this is part, goes back to the business plan. If you're trying to figure your demographic and as a lender, you don't want someone to say, everyone's my demographic. You want to try to really pinpoint that. But at the same time, my heart's like, I don't want to turn anyone away. Like this can be for anyone. We've had as young as like six years old and we've had as old as, I think I had someone who was like 90 some odd float. Like it's, it, age isn't really getting the way. Um, people float for so many different reasons. So it's like, I usually try to think of it more as that. And even that's hard because I float for many different reasons, like, and each float's different for me. It might be more of a physical float or I just fall asleep and I needed to. You get the float you need, not the float you want all the time. Whereas other times it's a very, more of like a spiritual feeling, meditative, helps me sleep. I know I need to float when I'm starting to get cranky, um, snarky, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so it helps me with my stress and anxiety, but it also like has physical benefits too, right? So. Um, but that being said, people might be attracted and come to us for a specific reason and then find out on their own that it helps them with other things. So they might come because they've been in a motor vehicle accident. They heard it was good for their back and neck pain or maybe the trauma associated with that accident. Um, people who've come in who have, yeah, like I said, chronic pain or they're doing it for meditation. Um, they're doing it for athletic recovery. A lot of athletes actually have them, which has been kind of cool. Um, a lot of like again, twofold, helps them, their mental gym, like helps their mental game. Um, Steph Curry, basketball, uh, he did a commercial um, 
with a float tank, which was super cool. And it was about how he uses it to get his mind in the game and also to decompress after a game, you know, when he feels like maybe he, he missed that basket and now he has that weight on him. Um, but it also is good for the athletic piece, like the muscle recovery. So anyways, I mean, there's lots of different benefits and I just wanted to make sure everyone felt like it could be, that this could be for them. And um, we had typically like older men come in and they're like, this is a spa I send my, my old lady to, which who uses that term? But yeah, so this is what they were saying. And it was like, I want them to feel like it's for them too. Like, why wouldn't it be? So I didn't want it to feel overtly spa-ish, overtly feminine, um, just neutral and kind of like anyone could feel that they belong there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad I achieved that, hopefully. Um, and I mean, actually, our membership and our, our clients, I mean, are indicate that we do like every day is different some days we have all like all morning it's like oh just all men or you know and um or we'll have someone floating who's yeah like a young like 20 year old man then we have like a 70 year old woman floating across the, like the hall yeah and and that's awesome i love that and then they can connect even too that oh like hey you float like you just kind of like someone else floats you're like yeah, you I get, get it. it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What has some of the feedback been from some of the people who are regular users? Um, what has their response been? It was funny. We actually just celebrated someone's 100th float. Wow. She's a nurse. And I see a lot of people, um, like first responders, nurses, paramedics, firefighters, like we, um, RCMP, like people coming in um, to decompress, like people, caregivers, people who they give so much of themselves to their work moms right and um they're replenishing themselves or filling their cup kind of thing right um and it was funny because i i got to know her when i was working there more and sometimes floats are more like introspective where you're like you just you want to like keep that quiet and so you just you just kind of like, nod they like leave they float away where other times people like want to talk they're just like whoa i just had this thing and i want to share it and you're like i'm here for it tell me everything and so again, you really connect with these people. And so I wanted to be there. Actually, I had to bring my baby. So I was just like, I just want to like congratulate her and thank her. Like, I am so grateful. Like you have spent a hundred, well, a hundred times 90, like 900, 900 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Math? I thought, I don't know. Anyways, the flow, it's 90 minutes. And she did that a hundred times at our space. And she laughed. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I, oh, your baby's so cute. And I was like, I'm here because like, and then I gave her a little like gift or whatever. But I wanted that personal touch because I was just like, like, thank you. Like, you know, she's like, why are you thanking me? Like, I get the benefit out of floating. Like, I'm not doing you a favor. <laughs> and I was like, I had to laugh. I was like, I guess. But, you know. That's the collaboration. Yeah. Though. Like, neither of you are looking <laughs> yeah. selfishly at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just taking the time. And I feel like there's so many reasons to not make the time. And I get into this pitfalls myself. Like, I own the business I live seven minutes away and there's still times when I get in my own way of like not making the appointment so even just making the appointment setting time aside to do something that you know is restorative that's going to help you long term is like that's the first step right um so yeah I mean one of my favorite stories um was a member who uh, I say member because like they're like we have monthly memberships and then people who just come in and buy packages and that's fine too um whatever works for people but he actually won a three pack and he was XRCMP. And uh, 
he was kind of one of those guys who was like, what is this? What? Like, no, like, is this a spa? Uh, I don't go to spas. Like, I'm a tough man. And I was like, okay, well, it's not, it's this. And, um, like, again, I'm not knowing anything on his background. Like these are like all of the like laundry list of why, why someone might float. Right. And I always usually use my own example. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll try it. But he, and he was like, as much as I might make him seem kind of rude, he wasn't. He just looked this like kind of grizzly, grizzly bear guy. And um, so he came for his first float and he hated it. <laughs> he got out early and he was like, that was stupid. Like you're just sitting there doing nothing. And like, and he, you could tell he was like kind of like wound up, right? And um, I was like, well, you know, like often very people, like people are very busy and like just taking that time to pause is, is usually much appreciated, but it's also a practice. Like you don't just get it. Like I, then I should have shared my experience. Yeah. My first time wasn't like, I didn't love it. The first 30 minutes, um, it was work that had to be done. Um, so it's kind of hard where it's like, yeah, the customer isn't always right. Like you're educating them, you're listening, you're sharing, like holding space with them. Um, and not imposing, but you're just kind of like giving them general guidelines that, hey, that's normal to feel that way. Um, but also, what if you tried to stay in a little bit longer? What would that look like if you if you didn't just like push through that? Um, but yeah, he's like, I wish there was a clock in there knowing which time, like what time it was. I'm like, I'm like maybe it's you know the illusion of control, and maybe the lesson is that you're you need to learn to not you know feel like you have to have that control. And he's like. Okay. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Whatever, right? And so he books another appointment because he has three. So I have to, yeah, give him accolades for doing that. So he came for a second time. He stayed in like double the time, but not the full time. And he came out and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't get it. Like, he's like, I don't. He's like, it's just boring. Like, people pay you to do this. Like, he was kind of like, but he was more like just jabs. Like, he's kind of joking, right? But now he's opening up, and he's like, well, you know, he's like, I think I might have fallen asleep for a bit. And he's like, and I woke up in the dark and I didn't actually feel like he's like normally that's a trigger for me and I was like oh okay so then he starts like his walls are starting to come down and he's like yeah he's like I only sleep like three hours a night maybe max and I'm like oh my goodness like that's not great I'm like come here just to sleep like it's safe to fall asleep you're not gonna sink you're not gonna roll over he's like yeah he's like well I have one more I guess I'll give it another chance or whatever and then his yeah his wife used to pick him up so I happened to be there when he came in for his third float and he I think he stayed the whole time or he got out a little bit early, but he like, and he came out and he just was like, yeah, like I get it. And he's like, he's like, it was, it was hard. And he's like, I still like struggle. He's like, but I feel safe there. And I feel like, yeah, like safe. And then he just starts sharing a lot of stuff. And, and then he actually realized like the light bulb went on that part of this group that he belongs to, um, that were helping men with PTSD, um, had mentioned floating and he just didn't make the association that this is what they were talking about. And so he's like, yeah. So he felt kind of proud. He's like, oh yeah, I'm doing that. And so he ended up signing up for a membership and he floated with us twice a month, like on the same night every, you know, cause he needed that kind of consistency. But I just love that because it's not about like forcing someone into like seeing it our way. And like you, ha everyone has to love floating. Like that's definitely not it. Maybe it's not for everyone. I think it could be for anyone, but um, the not giving up, the being a little bit brave to just kind of face this guy and be like, kind of laugh with him about his little remarks and but helping him explore that and so it's nice to have that opportunity to talk we don't always get to and we're not counselors we're not therapists like we definitely don't do that but it's it's a self-guided kind of experience right yeah to, just to that counseling point i think that we wouldn't need so much counseling if we had stronger connections and if we were able to be more real with our mm. friends and family in so many ways i've just watched 
peers of mine not feel com- like I know they're not opening up to anyone ever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you need counseling because you're yeah. not talking about all of the things you're going mm-hmm. through. And I know you're going through plenty. And so I just feel like I, I even think obviously with people who do have strong family supports, they may yeah. need counseling. But I think that the reason so many more mm-hmm. people need it right now is because these all of our interactions feel so staged that like mm-hmm. I go into the subway save on whatever the store is they say hey how are you mm-hmm. I say good fine um they say how's your day going I say good they say good like yeah, we leave it's robotic that's that becomes so much of our life that I think that mm-hmm. we see that a lot and for me I used to get stuck in my head and I say like gaslit myself where I'd be like is that what I think well and then I would rationalize it or I would like down like talk down to it like oh no or this is the excuse or this is probably why and so it would just stay up there and like that's I think the biggest thing for me that counseling did was like she would ask all these thoughtful questions, which I think you're amazing at really pulling out those thoughtful questions and getting a good response. Um, so she'd ask a question and I'd just be like, like in my head, I'd have an answer, but then I'd analyze the answer before I say it. And just that it's a safe place. And like, if you say something, like we can then explore it. It doesn't just like, you don't say something and now it's this like static, that is you. Who you you're are. Right. Exactly. And so just that permission, that freedom to to speak freely, to think freely and like let it out. Um, it was invaluable. And then floating, I think, is like, yeah, you're not really speaking out loud, but you can process things. And it gives you time like to pause because so we're so inundated with like stuff and like and then you avoid things by scrolling Facebook or and while you're watching, not watching a show on TV and like and you go to bed and um, you don't sleep good because your brain's still probably trying to process things that you've been avoiding and you wake up and then you just like plug back into everything. And yeah, so floating for me is just that time to pause and then see if there's anything that needs to be addressed. Right. That was definitely my experience because I'm a person I was doing when I first went floating, I was doing law school two and a half hours into UBC, two and a half hours back every day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, just exhausted by the end of the day, frustrated by having to wait there for so much time and being able to understand and learn about it first, I think did me a huge benefit because I would have been like Mm -hmm. that guy who I'm very much dismissive before I'm and then I learn about it yeah. afterwards. And for that experience, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn about it first. Rebecca was a little bit hesitant. She's like, I don't want to be locked in a box. You want to lock me in a box? And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to lock you in a box. I want you to yeah. have something that helps you relax. And so we did the research. We looked at your website. We mm-hmm. watched the videos. We learned about it first. And they were like, yeah. um, don't judge it until you've done three times. And I was like, okay, I'm going to lock that into my head because my first time is my first time. And so yeah. it's likely that I'm going to want to get out soon. It's likely that I'm going to have all these thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great headspace. Netflix show that um, talks about meditation Mm -hmm. and so we were watching that and it watching that was kind of like oh this is tough like just with my own thoughts and so going into it knowing that first and feeling like this isn't going to be the time but this Mm -hmm. isn't going to be this is this first time isn't going to work for me like I just I know myself it's not gonna work yeah it worked because I had already owned that I'm gonna oh there's a thought oh there's another thought oh there's another thought okay how many more and I I forget who's it might have been the headspace Netflix documentary that was like just instead of getting frustrated with new thoughts coming in just ask what the next one's going to be and eventually you'll run out of them yeah and so I did that and then I ended up relaxing and my first float experience was very positive but if you go into it thinking first time is going to be knock it out of the park and I'm going to be the zen master it's like probably (laughs) probably go into it with the other mindset can you tell us about the other aspects of luna float what are neurospa and the sauna 
Right. So um, we brought in the Neurospawn next. I realized like while floating is like my passion, there was extra space that we weren't utilizing. Um, and I wanted to bring in more like modalities, more services. And I had tried this Neurospa chair in Vancouver at a different float center. Uh, I think it's called Pure Rest or Pure Float. And it was cool. It was just, I, I didn't know much about it, but it was also manufactured, um, patented and manufactured in Montreal. Um, so it was basically just super relaxing and helped prepare me for a float, but it also can be standalone. So I felt like it complemented our services because floating, typically 90 minutes, you can get out early if you want, like that between the one hour and one and a half hours, like I'd rather people have the, the time and potentially not need it, then we turn the music on and they're like, oh, like that's probably a good business tactic, like leave them wanting more. But like, no, I want them to get the full experience. Um, go deep and, and that sort of thing. So 90 minutes um, can be a barrier for people. So I wanted a service that would be less time so people could still treat themselves, still get some of that self-care, um, or it can help extend or prolong their float. So um, the Neurospot uses lights, music, and acoustic vibrations, like in the synergy kind of way. And it's neat because it's like very physical, but also mental and emotional. Like it kind of touches on everything. So there's different settings um that to me seem very similar um but the after effects are just slightly different one is more relaxing really good for before float or before bedtime the other one's more energizing great way to start your day right you're just like you feel kind of tingly and like energized but like not how you would after coffee like not jittery energized but not jittery an instant mood booster like i tell people like try not to smile in there because it's just like you just can't it's so you're lying in this zero gravity chair and you put on a headset and then this like um, kind of like roof comes over top and on the roof is a painting and it I was like this is kind of weird like it's a hand painted scene of like basically like the aurora borealis and like mountains and it's it's not much to look at you're just kind of like okay but then once um, you turn it on, so from your lower lumbar, the vibrations start and it goes through like your body, like you eventually start feeling it going through your, your fingertips and your toes. And I've had people tell me that the, their sore neck felt better and that they slept better afterwards. Um, but yeah, then there's lights projecting on the screen. So the, pic the picture of the painting actually looks like it's kind of moving. Um, so yeah, definitely a strobe effect. Um, you can have your eyes open or closed. I, I like to compare things to nature because I feel like there's so many elements of elements in nature um, that are medicine, obviously. Um, and I mean, this is maybe not necessarily nature, but you're in a car driving or you're the passenger and like the sun's passing through the trees. So I mean, this can also be the sun passing through trees that are swaying and stuff. And you have that, it's almost like hypnotic. Like you're just like, your eyes are starting to get heavy and you're just like that rhythmic kind of feeling. And that's exactly how, how I feel, right? Um, and it just, yeah, feels good. So that was something, it's unique. It's something quicker for people. Um, and that's basically that, like there's, it's not the same as float therapy where there's a lot of research being done. Um, that it, it's a, like a patent and technology that combines different things like chromotherapy and vibration, like music therapy and that sort of thing, right? Kind of like, which is not my forte, for example. Um, and then infrared sauna came at popular demand. People just, it was listening to the people. They, you know, nowadays, like people are living in apartments and sometimes, and, or they just don't have the space, like we can afford to just have a sauna. Um, so what I liked about the infrared sauna is 
that like if you think about culturally like saunas sweating like Sweat transcend lodges. a lot of different cultures right like um like yes i'm first nations i also have like i'm part irish i have some scandinavian roots and like you think about like yeah like the the steam rooms and the saunas in, or even like J Japanese culture. Like, there's so many cultures that this is like part of. Yeah, and sweat lodges, like obviously, um, that it was like, okay, not like, it just makes sense. But it's like, obviously, when you see that many cultures have like a similar modality that, that there's obviously gotta be something to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I like that, um, yeah, just for like the cathartic feeling of it, aches and pains. It's again, 30 minutes and there's something about sweating that's just releasing, right? Yeah, because it gets rid of the heavy metals in your body. Yeah, there's heat people shock use proteins. it for so many different reasons. Yeah, we had someone who had um, Lyme disease that was um, like prescribed, like recommended it. Um, yeah, again, athletes, um, yeah, people with chronic pain, like there's um, different like blood pressure issues and yeah. And how did the name come about, Luna Float? Because it sounds peaceful just to say it. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. So I wanted something, I mean, again, don't know if this was a good business strategy, but I wanted something that made people think, well, what is that? Like, that's curious. Like, I'm curious. Some places are called, like, you know, Serenity Float, or, and I feel like, well, obviously, I want people to feel serene. I don't want to impose too much of, like, a description on my business because I want it to be open to their own interpretation, right? So Luna Float to me, just like obviously Float because that's our main service at the time, the only service we had. Um, I felt like there was a lot of different overlaps. So Luton, Luna is Latin for moon. Um, I always liked the moon. I liked nighttime because it's quieter. Typically it's peaceful people. It's just more of a calm. Um, you can like just look at the moon and feel kind of calm, I guess. Um, also, there's the the, um, the tie-in that me personally, I was going through different phases, and often that is comparable to moon's phases. That like you're still the moon, like the moon's the moon, no matter what phase they're in, and that I'm still me regardless of what phase I'm currently in, um, and just embracing that kind of like metamorphosis, and that other people, I'm inviting them to do that as well. Uh, and then lastly, I'm kind of a nerd, and I just thought, like, the moon affects the tides. We are kind of like that water nature element that, um, I mean, we call it water, but it's really like 1,100 pounds of Epsom salts, uh, magnesium sulfate, uh, saturates of much more like the Dead Sea, where it's that super mineral-rich um, solution. Um, but salt water nonetheless, right? So I was like, okay, it's like the tides and... I don't know. It just seemed like it, again, part of like the process, it just clicked and it just made sense to me. Mm -hmm.